How's everyone? Blessed? I don't really have much for you today, <laughs> but uh, come on, give me a break. Who was here last Sunday? Raise your hand. It's actually, it's actually a good amount of people. Um, last Sunday I cried, <laughs> and I shared my story. Thank you. It was a testimony. I feel like saying it again because I think it's important. Um, <laughs> some people are like, no, don't say it again. <sighs> yeah, I am. No, I had a, a really amazing breakthrough. God gave me breakthrough in my life, and uh, I've just been dealing with stuff and really keeping it in, and, and God just ripped something out of me that was amazing, and, um, you know, I, I, I heard some words, and I believed them that were negative, and God delivered me, and he spoke truth into my life, amen? So, praise God for that, amen? Amen, praise the Lord. So, today I want to talk about freedom. Say freedom. freedom. Louder, freedom. freedom. Yes, all the, I heard all the men, that was good. <laughs> you guys remember that movie Braveheart? And he yells freedom at the end. Is it the end? And he's like, freedom. And one day I'm going to come into church like that, painted with freedom. Just to scare you, just to show some freedom in here. <laughs> So um, I think that, that God wants to make us totally free. Like, like he's made us free from sin because of his grace, but he wants to make us free from false identities. Amen? Like sometimes we have these, these thoughts and these beliefs about ourselves and about others and just mostly about ourselves, to be honest with you, that really like prevent us from being totally whole in Christ like he's made us whole but the Bible says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and where's your mind your mind is in your soul it's not your brain okay your brain is your carnal mind your carnal mind is the Bible says is an enemy against God it doesn't like compute the things of God I don't know who I was talking to the other day tripping them out because I was I was in my carnal mind forgive me and uh I was thinking about us Christians. Amen? We're kind of weird. All right. So I don't know if it was you, Meryl, confirm this. I was like, or was it Leslie? I, I don't remember. I was like, isn't it weird? <laughs> this is so funny. That we get together as a group, and there's like a body of water, and we take people, and we dunk them in water, and we celebrate, and then we go home. Isn't that weird? And there was it you? Okay, it was Leslie. And I, and she was looking at me like, I don't I don't know what you mean. I don't get it. <laughs> but isn't it isn't it crazy that when you think of like like God stuff with your brain, like it does it like Have you ever thought like why do we go to this building with four walls and listen to some guys? play music and we like get together like why do we do that and that's that when you think of that that's not in your in your inner self that's in your in your brain amen and your brain is still a is still like a good thing it's not like it's an evil thing it's just not good for the things of god does that make sense so your brain is good at math well some of us anyway and uh 
good at writing, good at memorization, right? It's good at uh, computing things, remembering things, sometimes remembering the, the negative things mostly. And it doesn't really like, like, okay, another example. When, when you speak in tongues, if you do, I remember the first time I spoke in tongues, I remember thinking in my head and speaking in tongues. Anybody relate with me? At least if you do it now. The first time I did it, that totally messed me up for a few days. Because I'm speaking in tongues and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm speaking in tongues. Is this real? Am I faking it? What is going on? And so that like messed me up. Why was Because sometimes we think that the human element is just going to go away in the spirit. But bless you. But, <laughs> but it doesn't like, like your humanity doesn't leave the room when you're in the presence of God right like you have a human element when you're in the presence of God still so sometimes we kind of get a little confused about those things right <laughs> because because we uh we notice that there's a human element and you're like no because when I was gonna like when I was seeking to speak in tongues which was kind of weird about anyway that's a different story I thought that I was going to like lose my mind and and elevate in the air, and especially when you hear, like, the leader I had back then, I asked, he was the youth leader, and I said, like, how was your experience? He's like, I felt like I was levitating, and I, like, literally, he told me that, and I thought, that didn't happen to me. Like, that must not have been real. Like, I felt everything. I heard everything, and I, like, I didn't understand it, but I was, like, conscious of what was happening. Does that make sense so far? So your brain can sometimes tell you things that are not necessarily true in God, okay? So you're like thinking about stuff in your brain and you're thinking, why am I not, why is this not, why am I not connecting with faith? It's because it's your brain. Um, what we need to do is transform our minds, which is in our soul. And I kind of want to do an illustration with you. I think it'll be kind of fun. I haven't done one in a while. So I need Three volunteers, Kevin, Merrill, and Blue. Give them a hand. They saw it coming. No offense by what you are in the example, okay? Okay, this is Andrew. He's your body. He's the body, okay? Look at this body. All right. Merrill is the soul, okay? And then Kevin is the spirit in you. Meaning, like, your, your, your spirit, your new creation that God gave you. Are you with me so far? Okay, so he's not the Holy Spirit. He's the, the new creation, the born-again spirit that God gives you. So God makes us uh, a triune being. When you're born, you're born with a body and a soul, okay? It's not until you come to Christ that you get a spirit. Raise your hand, spirit. It's not until you come to Christ. So for the longest, until you come to Christ, your soul, face uh, Andrew, your soul is like this, okay? Dominated by the flesh, by the body, by your carnal mind, all that stuff. When you come to Christ, the intention is to renew the soul and then the soul face this guy. I did that on purpose. They're married. 
So it's, it's double symbolic, follow, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> amen. Other men said? All right. So, um, <laughs> so the, the thing about this is, is, um, is, is, is your spirit doubtful that God's with him? Um, your, your soul might be, and, and, and in your brain, you're definitely like, right, uh, over here, like, hey. So what happens is that in our, in, in our belief system inside of us, there's certain things where your soul is still kind of looking, look, just look back. You're just kind of like looking back. And, and remember, you're married, so you're not, <laughs> just kidding. So, so your soul, as, as your soul's being trained, there's still some things that, that you look back on and you think, I think this way, but, but the, the word and, and God says to think this way. And that's where, bless you, and that's where you clash. Are you with me so far? Okay, so the whole point is that God wants you to be led uh, because another thing, uh, Mims, come here. Another thing is that stand right next to uh, the Spirit. You'll be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the, the, the whole thing about it is that when you come to Christ, he gives you a new spirit. Okay? This is the new spirit. And what he does is he connects you right away. Sure, you can hold hands. I didn't, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, when you come to Christ, he automatically connects you with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So now your spirit is, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that the spirit of God knows everything about God, and the spirit of man knows everything about man. So these two connected should be led by the spirit, the soul follows, and then the body. Remember, you're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Amen? So when you're connected to the spirit and you're aware of the spirit and what he's doing in your life, the soul will follow and then the body will follow. It has no choice. Amen? So what happens in our life sometimes is that we're free from sin. Can you put up the, the first one? Uh, what did I say? John 1.17. <clears throat> For the law was given through Moses. God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Amen. Another version says, love and grace came through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, it's important that grace comes into your life. You can't have freedom without grace. You can't have freedom without grace. We'll read it in Romans 6, but you can't have freedom without grace. But you also can't have full wholeness in your identity without truth, because truth sets you free also. So what happens in our life is that grace comes and it frees us from sin. We no longer have the sin nature in our life. We, we are a new creation. We have a new spirit. But then truth needs to also come into every area of our life so that we can think differently about God, about culture, about ourselves, that nothing, you know, because worry comes. Life is going to happen. But is your spirit worried? No, because... Your spirit is fully connected to the reality of heaven. 
is fully connected to the reality of God. Now, your body is aware, your body is fully aware that there's a, something happening in your home, in your family, uh, uh, something's happening in, in politics, a terrorist attack, an earthquake, something's happening here in the outside. Your soul then tends to follow what's dominant, and so your spirit is like, hey, like, don't worry, like, God has everything under control, he has everything in his hands, and so we need to live in here, but most of us live from either the soul or the, unfortunately, the, the instincts only. And we need to live from in here. And what grace does is immediately brings you to this place and says, you're this. You're the righteousness of God. You're forgiven. You're seated in heavenly places. You're his child, his holy nation, royal priesthood. What grace does, it immediately brings you to the freedom of knowing who you are and how free you are from sin. But then what happens is as you, I'm only telling you by experience, then what happens is you tend to have these beliefs in you about your identity where you look back and you think that's who you are. And you think that's how you should believe. And so now you don't really live in fullness of freedom. Uh, you live in freedom from sin, but your mind's not being renewed. You're kind of stuck because of the things that you believe inside you. Now, this message is sort of a continuation from last Sunday. I'm not, I can't go through last Sunday, so just listen to the podcast because it's up. My crying self is up there. So this is why. Let's go to Romans 6. Let me know when you have it. All right. <clears throat> Let me see. We're going to read. Uh, I'm going to skip around. Let's read 1 through 5 first. Okay, it says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So we're dead to sin. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Ooh, listen to that. For we died and were buried in Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live. What? New lives. This, this chapter, I call it the sin is dead and you have a new life in freedom chapter. So verse 12, I can't read the whole, I wanted to read the whole thing, but I'm not. It says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Now let's talk about that really quick. What's a sinful de desire? Some people would say it's lust, it's adultery, it's, it's masturbation, it's, it's fornication, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. Very, very true. But it's also thinking less of yourself. It's also putting yourself down and condemning yourself. But we see that as okay. Especially, most of us here are from the Hispanic culture. Even Meryl, it's okay. Her, her last name's Peralta and Gomez now. So, um, We tend to, you know, I'm just speaking from my experience, okay? Maybe this isn't you. This is my experience only, okay? We tend to sometimes look at life from from like a defeated perspective. Like we're in this country and, and we think we're, we're minorities. So already it's like I'm, I'm not the major, I'm the minor. Amen, I'm, I'm the minority and I'm looking at, at life like those people, they have it like, whoa, right? Us down here, like we need, we, not, we don't just need God, we need, we need government to help us. We need something because... 
we're like down here. I don't know. That's my experience from, from what I've gathered in my uh, research uh, over 36, almost, am I going to be 37 this year? 37 years. So that's, that's also not approved by God. He, he's not pleased with you putting yourself down when he's, when he's placed you in such high places. When you put yourself down and you're like, I'm going to get to that right now. All right, let's go to verse 14 and 15. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You live under freedom. I hope this gets you tonight because it's, it's like taking me over. Freedom. Wow. There's more freedom available. You know, when the Israelites got to the promised land, they got there and they had to defeat some people. And they were like, yes, we got some land. And God's like, there's more. Oh, okay, let's go. Until they got everything. Amen. God wants to get everything in our lives. Everything, every part that we th- like, we believe. Not that we think. We're going to have bad thoughts all the time. We're going to have thoughts like... Like I had one the other day when we were fixing my car and things weren't working out. And I was like, of course, this, of course, just, of course this was going to happen to me. That anybody ever had that kind of thought? I'm, I'm, I'm so unlucky. I, we don't even believe in luck, but I just feel so unlucky. <laughs> now, now you could have that thought. That's fine. But I'm saying that some of us actually believe that. Like, we actually live that. And and then we'll use terms like, man, when it rains, it pours. Right? I've said it. Man, when it rains, it pours. And and then everything, like your your toast burns in the toaster, and you're like, why, Lord? When it rains, it pours. And so the enemy takes opportunity to, like, make you think that you're powerless and defeated. When the Bible calls us to rejoice in our trials, imagine that. How do we do that? Living in complete freedom. I know this sounds like, no, this this has got to be like, Mario's tripping. Like, there's no way. Maybe like, like, no, I don't know. Well, I want it. So if you want to follow, let us go. If not, uh, let's go anyway. We can't live... In captivity from certain, you know, the Israelites were going to the promised land and they still had like slave mentality. Like they still thought less of themselves. And God had, like they're coming out of Egypt. God, all the Egyptians give them their gold. So they're instantly rich. They get to the Red Sea. God splits it. They go across. Enemies are dead. And still after, after the Red Sea, they're like, what are we doing out here? (laughs) Let's go back. And it's like um, we need to have like more of a spiritual perspective in our own lives. Uh, let, let God do the work in you. Like sometimes we, we try to like change ourselves and, and we try to like, like beat our flesh and say, no, you're not going to do this anymore. And that's the first thing you end up doing. Why? Because you're not letting grace make you free. You're trying to make yourself free. You're not letting the Holy Spirit guide you. 
Grace is like, you know, Grace is like that. Have you guys ever been to the airport? Or maybe you've seen a movie and there's those escalators that, that you don't walk on, but you just step on it. No, you haven't seen that? That's grace. Yeah, the Bible says, look, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not in and of yourself so that you may not boast. Later it says you're the workmanship of God so that you can do works. Amen? So that you can do works prepared beforehand. Oh, here's something good to do that God already, boom, and you do it. But what happens is that we have these belief systems in, in, our, in our soul inside of us where, where we're not freely like, free like a bird, like a butterfly, sting like a bee. So we have this poverty mindset. We're poor in joy in peace, at least we think we are, in faith. And, you know, you belong to a kingdom that's joy, peace, and righteousness. And so you don't have to ask for joy, peace, and righteousness. You have it. You just choose it. Today, I need peace. Boom. How did Jesus say, got the bread and the fish and say, Lord, thank you for this meal, and that fed the 5,000 plus the women and children? How did he do that? He knew he was working from uh, his spirit, the spiritual connection he had with the Holy Spirit. What about this? I'm the not good enough mentality. I'll never be good enough. Those are, those are belief systems that we need to get rid of. Like, I'm not good enough for that. I'm not good enough for this. You, you got to get rid of that kind of stuff. I have a list, so I'm going to go through it, okay? How about these people? Marriage is nothing but suffering. Don't get married. Just because you got a bad marriage. That's not God's standard for marriage. Because God created this covenant, which is good. And we should honor it. And we can be victorious and successful in our marriages through Christ. But we got to have this defeated mentality. The don't get married mentality. How about this one? I, I suffer from this sometimes. Lord, rebuke it. Something bad will happen soon mentality. Things are going too good right now. Like, I just got a raise. I got a car. I got, I'm blessed. I feel good. I got speaking to me. Okay, what's coming? We can't think like that. That's false identity. Okay, don't nobody get offended. This is just stuff I've thought of before. Dreams fulfilled are for white people, rich people, or lucky people. And we see these people, and we're like, ah, oh, the rich get richer. Oh, the dreams are being fulfilled and not mine. Oh, and we think like that. And, that's, and I'm not talking about you just have thoughts. I'm talking about you actually believe it and you live like that, and you live defeated. God don't want you like that. He wants you free, completely free. This is death to our dreams, God wants generational dreams, legacy that your children's children would be like receiving from your dream that you're having today. Amen? Suffering is only a consequence of sin. Oh, oh yeah, and, and you have to be sad when you suffer. So immediately, when we are suffering in life, because you're going to go through things, 
if the first thing you think about is because I'm a sinner, it's because I'm bad, false identity. You got to get rid of that. And that you have to be sad, also not true according to the word. I'm only telling you what the Bible says. Paul said rejoice. James said rejoice in trials. We will suffer with joy. See, this is, this is, a, this is Paul speaking. I'm, I'm going to read it to you. This, this is what he says. He says, we are pressed. Okay? We are pressed. In the body, I'm pressed. He's in jail. But in the spirit, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, I'm not saying you're not going to go through stuff. I'm just saying that there's a certain response that God wants for us in his kingdom. That he wants a response that, that is confident and assured in him. And you can only, honestly, you can't grab that from this sermon. You have to grab it from your relationship with God. That 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that I read. Oh, how about this one? I will end up being just like blank negative person in my life. I'm, I'm just like blank, but it's always a negative thing. It's never a good thing when we do that. And I will never totally be free. I can't do it. I can't accomplish. Or like the Israelites said, there are giants and we feel like grasshoppers. God wants to make you totally free. Sin and all these false identities are a product of living under a master called death that oppresses, condemns, terrorizes. It lies and it sets you to live a defeated Christian life. This master wants you to live a powerless life full of death and sin and false identity. But you are free. You are free. By Jesus, you are free. Are you with me? He is the enemy of your destiny. He can't take your salvation from you. He can't take your identity from you. He tries to take your purpose and he tries to take your destiny. I, I, uh, I've, I'm learning about this because of what has happened to me. That sometimes we think, maybe I'm not praying enough. Maybe I'm not reading the Bible enough. That's what we think. But no, it's just something in us that doesn't belong in there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, it, like you should read and you should pray, but that's not why you feel the way you feel sometimes. Sometimes it's an identity issue. It's a false identity. Amen? It's a false identity. But Christ wants you to live a full life in him. You understand? He wants you to be happy and joyful. Amen? He's, he, this is what he said. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean, uh, you know, these other things that I talked about? No. It means that you're going to live a life in abundance. An abundance of what? It doesn't necessarily mean things. It could, but it doesn't stop there. It's more than anything. It's joy. It's peace. It's righteousness. It's faith, mercy, love, grace, all of those things, God wants to give you an abundant life, amen, that you would feel fulfilled, not lost in this, this 
awful world sometimes. That you would feel connected. That you would feel like you belong. That, you know, I, I was listening to someone and they said that, that there was this uh, sociology, like this doctor that did a TED talk and she researched for like six years the one thing that every human being has in common. For six years, she traveled all over the world finding out what is that one thing that every human being needs. And you know what that was? Connection. Every human being needs to feel connected. Why do you think gangs are so popular? Why do you think certain things are so popular that people want to belong to, like terrorist groups, all of these things? Why? Because people want to feel connected. And you have that desire too, but your connection needs to be, yes, with the body of Christ and mainly with God. Mainly with the Lord and with people. That's how God created us. And she found out that what connects us is vulnerability. Because without being vulnerable, there's no connection. If I'm never vulnerable with you in our relationship and our friendship, then you really don't know me all the way. That's why in marriage, people connect because they're vulnerable. I hope so. They're vulnerable with each other. They tell each other their fears, their dreams, their things that are happening. And so they, they're looking for connection. So there needs to be vulnerability. In order to be vulnerable, you need to feel worthy. Because someone that doesn't feel worthy can't be vulnerable. They're too scared. And so they disconnect. And disconnect creates shame. And shame creates guilt. And guilt creates disconnection again. And that creates shame again and guilt. But God wants us connected. He created us to be connected beings. So, you know, you are connected to the Lord. But just make yourself aware every day and be vulnerable. Be sincere. Be honest with God. God, I'm dealing with this. Lord, help me not to do certain sin. You're the only one that can help me, God. I can't do it on my own, but you can help me, Lord. Give me the empowerment. Holy Spirit, guide me. And don't focus on the sin. Don't focus on, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. Focus on who you are in Christ. Focus that you have been set free, that you're connected, that you're a new creation. Be Christ conscious. Think about him only. Say the yes. Forget the no's. What is an abundant life? A life full of joy, peace, righteousness, mercy. And I can do anything that God has called me to do kind of life. The Bible says I can do anything in God, right? I can do all things through Christ. But he doesn't mean all things. He means the things that he's called you for. I will have a successful marriage kind of lifestyle. I am building a new legacy from the, from the father's perspective. I have... I, have, I live under grace that brings freedom. I see my dreams as reachable. I'm generational dreaming. I am born to create wealth in all areas. That's what I'm born to do. I'm born to create wealth in all areas. I don't know about you, but I am. And you need to be sure of that yourself. It's what the Bible says. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power 
to be successful. Deuteronomy 8.18. He gives you power to create wealth. We need to get this. I'm not going to look at suffering the same way. This is how I'm going to look at suffering. As an opportunity to practice who I am in Christ. That's how I need to look at suffering that way. Because if not, I'm always going to be in this circle. The same circle. Suffering, here we go. Suffering, here we go. No, it's, it's time that we use our identity in freedom and we say, no, no. It's time to put to practice in this trial, in this suffering, who I am in Christ. My family will be successful. I will lead many to him. Where I walk, I change atmospheres. You have to believe that the the ground that you walk on is holy because you're holy. According to God, you're holy. We've lost some of this stuff in the noise. I have an amazing purpose. I'm amazing. I know we don't like to say that stuff at church. Woe is me. Don't take God's glory. I don't, I don't, think, I can, I don't think I could ever take his glory. I don't, I don't even want, I don't want it. It's too, way too much. I think it's infinite, as a matter of fact. I'm amazing. Say that. I'm amazing. Say it again. I'm amazing. Oh, man, some of you don't believe it yet. I'm amazing. amazing. And I am full of destiny. Full of destiny. See, God thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're awesome. He created you in his image. Not that you're like him, like, you know, in equality to him. Of course not. Of course not. But you're like, you're Christ-like, right? All right. God will bless my career choice. This is my career. I, I made my choice. Well, sort of. He called me. I'm not in comp- competition with anyone. I am uniquely made. If I'm uniquely made, then I'm, I'm not in competition with anyone. Oh, oh, here's a good one. This is important. I think this is new for me. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love. I love myself. How can I love others if I don't love myself? (laughs) And therefore, I will love others. I can freely live a lifestyle of worship. I am full of rest. Okay, I won't say that. According to Romans 8.30, not Mario. Well, none of this. This is all biblical anyway. I am chosen. I am justified. I mean, I am chosen. I am called, justified, and glorified. According to Romans 8.30. When, when uh, I looked it up in the Greek, I looked up commentary. I did research for one word in this, in this verse. Are you ready? It's for glorified. I was like, okay, what does this really mean? And I came to the conclusion 
to, through my research that it means that I received his glory. That when Jesus prayed in John chapter 15, 17, whatever that is, and said, I give them my glory, God. That, that's what Romans 8.30, you see, when Paul was going through his journey of, of receiving grace and, and coming to this freedom of him knowing himself, he understood the eternal like aspects of his salvation, of what grace had done in his life. So he understood that he was called, and that he was chosen, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. But he wasn't, see, he's not talking in the flesh. He's not talking in, sorry, Andrew. He's not talking in the Andrew part. I love you. He's talking in the Kevin part. Chosen, called, justified, glorified. Chosen, called, justified, glorified. I am chosen, I am called, I am justified, I am glorified. You know, when, when Adam and, and, and Eve were in the garden, Adam knew who he was in God. See, he didn't, knew, he didn't know, know the difference between good and evil because he hadn't eaten the tree. It was just normal. Everything was good, but for him it was normal. So he didn't have to deal with, like, uh, what we have to deal with, these, like, false things that we believe. He didn't have to deal with that because... He, he experienced it live and in person. Amen? When you go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11, you'll notice that the first man of faith that it, that it states is Abel, not Adam. Because Adam, he was with God. So he was connected. That's, and, and then when God said, hey, can you name the animals? And God put trust in Adam. He, saw, he looked at him and said, man, I created an amazing thing in Adam. You can name all the animals, Adam. And so whatever Adam named him, that's what God said. Okay, that's their name. Adam was sure of who he was in God. And God was not like, oh, my God, he's taking my glory. No. All right. So we have gone from death to life. No longer are we those that will be oppressed, terrorized, condemned. We will not receive lies about ourselves. We are called to do great things and are destined to change this world. Don't let yourself be captive by any of these weird thoughts and beliefs. Not just thoughts, but beliefs. Uh, false identities and lies that we sometimes believe. This is my definition of freedom. Okay, this is as I was studying and meditating with the Lord. This is what I got. Freedom is a life full of impossibilities, driven by the Holy Spirit, by way of grace, bursting with love to be who God says I am. Let me say that again. Freedom is a life full of impossibilities, driven by the Holy Spirit, by way of grace, bursting with love to be who God says I am. See, God is calling a generation that would be confident in Christ, not in themselves, but in Christ Jesus, who they are in Christ, that would, could walk up to strangers, could walk up to people that are hurting, confidently knowing who they are to bring the kingdom to a lost world, bringing the gospel to the lost world, bringing the message, the gospel 
of grace to this lost world. Confidently, because it's not what I did. It's, that's why I started with grace. That's why I said you can't have full freedom without grace. Because grace just takes you, and then it allows you to see who you are. When you see who you are fully, you can express who he is fully. You want to see how bold we're going to be in freedom? You want to see? All right, can you put up first John 4:17? We started with John 1:17, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This one is also. And as let me see. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence. Because we are like Christ here in this world. <laughs> Give God a hand. Come on. Okay. Leave it up. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him. Oh, my gosh. Picture the throne, and you're standing there on the day of judgment. And everybody else is kind of like, oh, my God. I got to go pee. Can I go? No, you got to stay in line. Oh, I have anxiety in heaven. What will happen? But those that are confident, standing in line, hey, I'm next. Yeah, you went? All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, God, I love you. Hold on, son. Oh, okay. I love you, though. I love you. Uh, you're my, you, you, you love Jesus? Yep, I love Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, I have you on the list. Okay, go in. Thank you, Lord. Guys, all my life I heard about Judgment Day. Be careful. I'm not even going to keep going. Am I reading the Bible right or, or am I wrong? Did I mess up? I, I, I don't know. That's, that's what it says. Confidence because we are like Christ here. Oh, and we're like Christ now. Here in this world. You know, this, this verse, uh, if, you're not from, if you don't recognize it, it's as he is, so are we in this world. I was reading, again, I prepared, okay? Usually I prepare. Usually. And I was reading some commentary. You know, when I read commentary, I read it with care. I love my brothers in Christ, amen? But sometimes their perspective is... Um, different and so I, uh, I I like to 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 kind of make sure the Holy Spirit kind of guides me so I, I I'm gonna end with this I uh, I found a little piece that someone wrote and it's funny because of his writing is kind of upper level but he's kind of shocked as I am and you are from this verse so he says that is a startling thing to say and all the more startling, if you notice, that John does not say as he was in this earthly life, but as he is in his heavenly life and reign and glory. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, if we don't get see, you know, I'm glad that all of you are here tonight. But God has clearly spoken to me about this. 
a long time ago and I didn't understand. Clearly told me, I want my people to walk as he is, so are we. I didn't even know the verse. I'm just driving. As he is, so are we. What is that? And I had to go look for it. Clearly. Why? For such a time as this. Right now. Right now. Because some of us are walking as he is not. Because as he is right now in heaven, heavenly life reigning in power. I know it's different. It's weird. You could think, I don't know. That's kind of iffy. Well, go pray. Seek the Holy Spirit. Ask him to confirm it for you. That's how free he wants. That on judgment day, we would have confidence. Hey, God, I love you. I know you. You know me. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.